Hello and welcome to Dowdy, the podcast where me, Mariana Feijó, talk to my guests about the concept of bravery, or braveness, even just the moments where folks have been slightly out of their comfort zones. This week, I haven't really been brave. It's just been like a couple of horrible weeks. What's happening in the world, in the UK, the fact that it's been a year since the first lockdown and we've been in and out of lockdowns, we haven't been like with the people we love we haven't been able to hug and all of that and then like it's also this horrible week where a lot of horrible things are happening and then some personal shit as well it's just like yeah <laughs> it's not uh the couple of weeks to be brave it's just the couple of weeks to be really tired uh of everything and just want to be in bed and not do anything I did, however, <laughs> keep doing stuff, so I guess that's brave. I even, like, submitted topical jokes for stuff, so I had to actually read the news and try to <laughs> find funny takes about them. I didn't use any of the depressing news, because <laughs> how uh, can you lightly <laughs> make a joke about uh, stuff? You can't. So... I've just picked other kinds of news. But I did, I did. Like, in other times, I will just have given up and not even tried to. And I did submit jokes, topical jokes. In this episode that I've recorded in December, I say something about changing the way your thoughts happening in your head and trying to teach yourself to think in a different way. And I also said I had three months to do that so probably once the episode came out I'd be like have completely different pathways of thought in my mind and I'd be a freaking positive person that hasn't happened <laughs> but we keep trying and maybe one day that will happen and slowly and slowly I clearly am getting better at uh, slogging through the things I need to do, despite being in a fucking shit mood. Now that I have brought you all down with me, this episode of Doughty starts as it always does, with my guest, Izzy Florence, introducing herself. My name is Isabel Florence. I run an events company and we have just launched a podcast about mental health. I'm also a health coach and yoga teacher. That's great. I've I've been able to do one of your events. Actually, two. I, one of them as a performer and another one as a um, photographer. Photographer, yeah. And they've been great. And you keep doing new things, which I find is very exciting. Yeah, I think the point of the company is kind of like being able to let it become what it what it needs to become. Um, so it started as a rehearsal space. I know what the why is and what it is that I want to do, but the format always changes. So now, obviously, I can't run any events. So it's become a podcast and I've done a few uh, projects online. But yeah, it's changing. Yeah, and it's great that you can change it in order to deal with the new situation and everything. Yeah. So it's good to have that flexibility. Uh, how would you define bravery? It's a really hard question and I've been thinking about it a lot. And I kind of, I associate it with fear. Mm -hmm. And then I started thinking about fear and I started thinking about the fact that fear is different for everyone. And I think, 
I struggle, I would struggle to give you an answer to that question because I see, I see strength and bravery and in showing weakness and vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So where is that, that definition between the two lines? I find it hard to, to, to answer. To help us out. Have you thought about moments in your life in which you have been brave? Yeah, I have. I think as children, when we go through things, we react in more of an organic way. And I think children can be very brave. So the first thing that came into my mind uh, was when I was 11, I had this dream that I um, arrived in this abandoned house and my mother was dead on the floor, which was terrifying. (laughs) As a child, I woke up crying and I went to my mother and I said, look, I had this dream, it's horrific. I can't go back to sleep. And she said, uh, usually these dreams mean that the person will live for a really long time. So you don't have to worry about it. Just go back to sleep. It's fine. I obviously couldn't sleep. The next day, I again couldn't sleep. And then the day after that, she was kidnapped. In real life? Uh, Wow. Yeah, Yeah, in real life. Yeah. So in my child's mind, I um, thought, okay, she's dead. That scene that I saw in the dream, I'm going to see it in real life. And I chose not to tell anyone because I didn't want to worry anyone. I didn't want to cause any more suffering or confusion or, you know, angst. And I think that was quite brave. But I think also it connects to a thing where as children, we're more sensitive to receiving things. I think our heart is more open to, re- to being sensitive to what is happening within the environment. I think kind of like subconscious things, you know, and collective subconscious things. And I think in a way, I felt that something was going to happen. I knew that uh, there was something that was wrong. You know, there was, and small details like, um, about the house that I saw in my dream were the same as the house that my mom was in that she told me years after. And I was like, whoa, this is weird and crazy. But I think it's, it's brave to continue open as an adult, as you are as a child. Yeah, I think it's very hard to continue open as you are as a child because you go through things mm. that make you close down. Yeah, exactly. You start putting these barriers from each event that happens in your life that hurts you a little bit. You go, I'll put this barrier for this thing, this barrier for that thing, that barrier for that thing. And then it's, um, yeah, it's hard to deal with life as, with a completely open heart. And I think that's quite brave, a brave thing to do if you can. Yeah. And I think at the same time, because you said you didn't tell anyone about the things you were thinking because you didn't want to cause more angst. And that that is brave. But at the same time, as you were saying before, being like open and vulnerable, it's also brave. So you are you were maybe suffering as an 11 year old uh, because you had knowledge that other people didn't have. Yeah, yeah. And it was brave to keep it from other people. But it would also have been brave in, in another hand to open yourself to up tell to people. tell people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I think there's... um. There's these two sides of bravery and strength and resilience. There's the side of being weak and accepting that weakness, which I think it's like um, the most powerful thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. And your mom is okay now. Uh... Yeah, she's <laughs> fine. She's fine. She's fine. She came back up. 
and um everything's fine she's healthy and happy thankfully uh did you think about other moments uh in your life i think i started thinking about like um what people would define you as yeah. brave for you know and usually it's uh leaving my country when i was 18 as usually people think it's like a very brave thing to do and i think it was brave but i think in a way it was a little bit stupid as well <laughs> like um i think there's bravery in innocence yeah if you're not 100% aware of what's going to happen and how hard it can be you just jump in and then you realized uh, like a few months after oh this is not that easy <laughs> i also think it's nice the way you put it the bravery and innocence because you're not the first person who said that maybe it was stupid or it, there was stupidity to it but i think innocence is mm. a, it's a a nicer word than maybe <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not that you were being stupid it's that had like a we were more open again you were open to yeah. to things in a different way yeah and i kind of had that like um a bit of a teenager thought uh, because i was 18 it was like oh i'm invisible i don't need anyone i can just go it'll be fine i'll be i'll be fine <laughs> you know yeah and you ended up being fine and i'm fine yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly uh, um, but were yeah. there like difficult moments that you had to like master bravery to, yeah to yeah there were difficult through. moments yeah I think like the first the first year was quite intense and um but I think it also made me uh who I am now and it made me understand that I can take care of myself emotionally uh by myself and I know exactly what I need when I need it um which I think is a very, in a way, a good thing to have, but then at the same time, not so good because when pe when you don't rely on people for that that kind of shoulder to cry on, as people say, people feel like you don't love them as much or you don't need them as much, even though you do. You just deal with your stuff by yourself, you know? Yeah, I do. I understand that because I feel a little bit of the same. I sometimes yeah. feel like people... I don't know there's there's it depends sometimes I I put myself a lot on people but I think I had to learn to 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 depend on people more every time yeah because I didn't used to and I felt like and that again is a brave me thing to, to do exactly right? and that prevented me to connect of connecting with people or people to connect with me so I had to learn to exactly open up. yeah yeah like this um this pandemic has completely opened my eyes to so many things and I think the first lockdown, I was quite happy to be by myself. I lived by myself and I was okay. And then it lifted and I started seeing people and I started seeing the difference in myself and the difference that I was giving to people in their lives of, you know, that communion and that uh, community and relationships. And then the second lockdown came and I was like, I don't want that anymore. You know, I want to keep that... Um, that contact with people i think it's it's made me realize how valuable it is yeah for sure mm. i'm happy that i started this podcast because it allows me to have like long conversations with people during this period of time where yeah you end up being a little bit more lonely so yeah i feel like that that's also something that this period of time has given me because yes i was planning mm. on doing this anyway but maybe i wouldn't have cherished these moments as much if I yeah. have kept having the life I used to have at the same time. Yeah. 
you've moved when you moved away from your country you moved straight to the uk yeah yeah and is it brazil where you're from Yes. Yeah, Brazil. Yeah, São Paulo. It's a huge like distance and also like <laughs> difference as well because they're very different countries. Yeah, the culture I feel like the culture is kind of opposite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think maybe I was craving a little bit of the English side. Mm -hmm. Being from Brazil, you kind of constantly surrounded by people. It's constantly like um I don't know, like people are in your face all the time. <laughs> And people are doing stuff all the time. And I kind of, you know, I have this um, duality where I also enjoy my own moments. And I think I was craving that quite a bit and just wanted to go away. And um, and I felt a connection with the English culture for some strange reason that I can't really explain. I now feel very English. <laughs> You sound very English. You like when I met you the first time, I wouldn't have said you were Brazilian. So, you know. Yeah, people think I'm English now. It's crazy. But like the stereotype, I don't know if it's a stereotype or, or if it's reality, but in Portugal, we think Brazilian people are always happy and there's like yeah. uh, so much. And like in the UK, I think people are always grumpy. <laughs> or also, that's also a stereotype because <laughs> not everyone is always grumpy, but that's like. Yeah, it is. It is a stereotype. I think there's a, a, a one thing that I love about England is the fact that people appreciate the sun <laughs> yes. because in brazil they don't it's always out <laughs> so people are like oh it's hot again it's so hot it's horrific and here you can feel the year go past you know the seasons and when the sun is out everyone's out yeah for sure i appreciate the sun way more after i've moved here because mm, yeah i burn very easily so i always i mm -hmm. was always getting away from the sun and now it's never sun yeah. out so when it is i'm okay cool i'm going to protect myself but i'm going outside in the sun yeah on the other like side of the spectrum were there moments in your life in which you haven't done something for like our bravery yeah definitely i think mainly traveling to very remote areas by myself i think i've traveled to countries where i'm not i don't feel fully secure and there's a there's a power that comes through that when you come back and you're like oh i've done that by myself but if i think if i was a man i would travel a lot more to places that i you know don't think i can now mm -hmm. yeah but i i would say you travel we haven't known each other for a long time but we have known each other for a little bit and i follow yeah. you on social media and you traveled you have traveled since i've met you to places where i think women by themselves is not as usual for them to travel to yeah yeah i have and um but i think there's that fear is is there yeah. it's always there like before i leave it's there's this like ang anxiousness and and when i'm there there's always this kind of like eyes in the back of your mind when you're a woman i think and when you've experienced assault that there's always this kind of um awareness you know mm. you can't really relax fully <laughs> which is a bit shit yeah and you do practice yoga which is uh i guess like the um, how would you define it is it like a, a oneness with yourself and yeah so the the word yoga means unity it means like um combining mind soul body and all of that and um i just very passionate about the philosophy of it as well as you know the um the effects that you feel physically but i think the philosophy 
of it was what drew me to it. Yeah. Is it easy f- for you to practice it and be one with yourself and the world? I don't know if that's a thing that you are when you're practicing uh, yoga, when you are, when you have those eyes mm. on the back of your head, when you're anxious and you're traveling um, in those places. Yeah, well, it depends. Depends where you are, obviously. Um, and there has been this kind of sex sexualization of the yoga space, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, the yoga women, and you know the the nice working out clothes, and you know the pictures and stuff. So, I think it's difficult to kind of share that positivity and that philosophy without falling into the trap that trap and kind of attracting the wrong people the wrong crowd Mm -hmm. but usually when I do yoga I I do it in spaces that I feel safe I don't think I could do yoga in a space where I don't feel safe or there is that worry Mm -hmm. um because it's such a practice that kind of takes you within You can't really be focusing on something else mm-hmm. unless there's a dog running around and then, uh, <laughs> then it's fun. <laughs> you do practice yoga and I guess other things as well on a daily basis in a way that I feel um, that I appreciate a lot because I, I, for me, accountability and being able to do something repeatedly. And I think that's what you are doing. You are being accountable for yourself. Yeah. Um, mm. That for me, it's like very hard and maybe something that is actually brave to be able to be account- accountable for yourself, not having to depend on like an outside source of accountability. Was that always yeah. something that was easy for you or did you find it? With no, practice? I think I think the lesson there was to go away from trying to achieve perfection, which was something... <laughs> that I kind of had in my mind for a really long time, you know, once I'm doing this amount of these things and all of these habits every day, then, you know, I'll be very productive and great. Yeah. And that's really not, not good. Not, it's not good for your mental health. It's not good for your body. It's not good for your soul. It's not good for your stress levels. <laughs> it's not good for any of it. So I think it's um, about relaxing into the things that you love And, but that you know will increase your level of your selfness, you know? Mm-hmm. It's also very easy to try and do what everyone else is doing or try to see someone and think, oh, this person's doing great, you know, especially with social media. And then think, I'm going to do exactly what they do and then see. Um, but that's not the point. I think the point is finding the things that really bring you joy and they can change as well and and being kind to yourself yes that's something that we keep coming back in this uh, podcast it's the concept of being kind to yourself which is surprisingly also hard because it's much easier to be kind to other people to be kind to your friends to be kind even to strangers than to yourself definitely but i guess like that's maybe something that with practices of philosophies like yoga maybe yes exactly because it's the unity with yourself right so maybe that that becomes easier to be kind to yourself yeah slowly you kind of have to teach your mind how to tell you different stories mm-hmm. and to kind of look at yourself almost from a from a distanced perspective 
I think especially the mind, you know, when the mind starts to tell you something like, oh, you haven't done that yesterday. You're going to have to do it tomorrow. Well, you're so bad. I can't believe you didn't do it. That's just horrible. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, whoa, that's interesting that my mind's telling me that. That's not really me. It's not, it's not myself telling me that. It's a kind of a habit. Mm-hmm. And understanding that that's not who you are and understanding that you can change that habit with uh, slowly implementing different thoughts into your mind, then yeah, it changes your mindset. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> trying to to <laughs> make it like in in coming into my brain to to try and uh, I, I'm I'm using this podcast as well as well as a way of learning. When I edit a podcast back, I'm like, oh yeah, it's true. They said this. Yeah. Uh, I will remember it. <laughs> well, that's the beauty. Everyone has something to teach us, and that's just it's fascinating. Yeah. Is there anything coming up in your life for which you will have to be brave? I think getting my events back up, I want to be very sensitive of the audience and I want them to feel completely safe in the environment. And with everything that's been happening, it's hard not to dwell on the negatives as well. So I think making decisions uh, when it comes to something like your business or like if you're changing things like... um I've just started health coaching and it's something completely new. So it's out of my comfort zone. And I think there's a little bit of bravery there. <laughs> For sure. Everything that's out of your comfort zone, I think, requires bravery. Yeah. What brought you to the event space? So I studied acting in community theater and I was very much uh, passionate about the community theater side of it. I realized I didn't want to be an actor anymore <laughs> during my um, drama school experience. And then I went to do different things uh, like stage managing and teaching yoga and translating a book and stuff like that. And I always knew that I wanted to create something myself to put out there somehow. And I always knew that I wanted to help people somehow. And after coming out of drama school and having all of these people surrounding me that were struggling, artists that were struggling, there's just so many people that are incredibly powerful, incredibly creative, but don't have the means to share that with other people. So I thought, you know, I'm just going to try and create a platform, a safe platform where people can uh, create that community, support each other, Uh, share their work but also look at each other and as artists in a holistic way rather than separate from their art because I think the artist is part of what they create what they create is part of themselves and you you've done like your events are the ones that I'm aware of center uh, queer people or mental health uh, issues or yeah so what I do is I um, choose a topic Uh, within society that I think needs to be brought into light or needs to be discussed or needs or, or a community that I think should be supported and I create an event around that so uh, the first event was Queer Voices which is all about supporting the queer community in a, a safe space without it being 
focusing on the alcohol culture because I found myself that a lot of a lot of the queer events that I was going to that I was being part of were surrounded by the alcohol and drug culture and I wanted to create a space that wasn't um so that was the first one and then uh created uh, Nourish Mind which is all about mental health and and then I had loads of events planned for this year on things such as women empowerment sustainability and um, helping actors uh, who are expats uh, coming to the country and are worrying about uh, getting into the industry but you know having difficulty with accents and all that kind of stuff and not feeling supported and not feeling like they like they belong in the in this crazy kind of culture you know um so yeah kind of different things but i kind of try to look at something that is important and create an event around that mm -hmm. but you are planning on uh, getting those events that didn't happen this year will happen yeah 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 so a, a few of them are kind of like pre-planned i know the people that are going to be involved and stuff so that makes it easier so i can just kind of get it, the ball rolling again yeah and i remembered what i what i thought about it and it was about the drinking culture and the uh, drug culture oh, but yeah. I, i feel like the uk is very much a drinking culture thing and i come from portugal that has like a huge drinking culture as well but i don't know how our drinking culture in portugal is associated to food as well which doesn't exist here in the uk <laughs> people just <laughs> yeah. drink they don't eat uh, yeah which i think makes it an even bigger problem yeah and i do f appreciate that the query voice event voices event that i've been a part of uh that you've produced didn't have that vibe and i have done things actually at the um, gallery cafe as well mm -hmm. that i think help not doing it in a pub which is where most events happen even if it's yeah. like in the function room in the pub not doing it in the mm -hmm. pub creates much more of um of a different environment it's and i think it yeah. does welcome a different kind of uh, audience as well that doesn't feel safe in those environments yeah definitely i think um it's so important when you're creating something to think of the the space how that affects the people um and exactly what you said the environment and you want both the audience and uh, the performers or workshop leaders or whatever to feel safe to feel comfortable and to feel to feel home in a way mm -hmm. uh, and it's great that you are able to create those those spaces in your health coaching practice how did you come to that and what are like parallels between the two things mm. so i was always very very into nutrition and very fascinated uh with our relationship to food i think because growing up i didn't really have one <laughs> it was very much disconnected and and then moving away to a new country uh kind of trying to understand what it is that you enjoy eating and what it is that uh how the food makes you feel and all of that um so i became vegan uh almost 10 years ago and uh saw a, a huge difference in my life and my energy levels and how i feel and my relationship to food and then also from all the philosophy that i've learned from yoga it has taught me to see 
nature and food in a different light as, as nurture and as power and as part of ourselves as well as part of the world. And so I believe a lot of women struggle with that relationship to food because we've been bombarded with ridiculous messages <laughs> from society that tell us that this food is good, this food is bad, you can't eat that, your body needs to look like this, you need to look like that to be successful, to be powerful, to be to be wanted. And I just, I want to go completely against all of that. I want to go against the diet culture and the way that we've just been told how to be. And we've been told that our worth comes from how we look. And so it's all about uh, creating mindfulness through what you eat, creating a good relationship to the food, creating a safe space within the kitchen and finding beautiful moments with what you eat. <laughs> that is great. I have to say like, like relationship with food is so, so weird, right? So confusing because yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, there was, I always had like a relationship with food. A lot of it's cultural as well because you eat certain types of foods and you eat mm -hmm. as, um, as a way of being with people. Meals yeah. are a, a place where you are with people and you are talking and engaging and connecting. Uh, but then there, there is both the external input of like the media telling you you have to look a certain way so you have to eat mm -hmm. less or whatever. And then for me, there was like people in my home, my mom will tell me that maybe you should eat less because um, you're putting on weight. But then at the same time, yeah. if I was at the, uh, at the table, at the dinner table, and I wouldn't eat, why aren't you eating? Isn't it good? Yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah. confusing. It is. It's confusing. And it's, it, it can be a vehicle for love, right? Is what you were saying. Like um, having the family together, everyone eating together, cooking for people is such a wonderful thing. But yeah, I think... A lot of us have just struggled with it. And I know that I did. Like, I just f didn't feel connected to it in a positive way for a really long time. And once I started feeling that positivity through it, then I was like, oh, I need to tell people about this, you know? I, I hope you uh, your message reaches far and wide. <laughs> because, yeah, because it, it, it is something that, again... A lot of these things that we grow up with and that end up being a part of the way we think are so hard to... It's very hard to create different pathways of thought once you are used yeah, to, definitely. to them. For a and that most of them are subconscious. You know, yeah. most of our actions are through subconscious thinking. And once you start tapping into that and understanding where it's coming from, then you start understanding how to change it. But sometimes they feel comfortable as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Some of like my eating, my bad eating habits, which are related to binge eating sometimes. I am aware they happen. I am aware why they happen. But sometimes they just feel good. It f feels good to just and, go to and, that. And you've got to bring that kindness to yourself as well and think, you know, maybe it's, it's a comfort that I can allow myself. You know, it's not this big monster. It's food, you know, it's... 
it's warming it's comforting it's beautiful yeah that's good that's a that's a, a nice thought um uh is there someone real or fictional a public figure or just someone from your life or more than one person that you would use as an example of bravery i think definitely people who believe in themselves fully mm -hmm. and in what they preach and they live that you know like wim hof that man is like a powerhouse <laughs> and he's so unique and so himself like you can see it uh, or, or like uh, Gre greta thunberg like everything that she says is just coming from truly who she is and she's not afraid even though she's so young she's not afraid to just be herself and i think There's so much bravery in accepting who you are and saying, you know what, I'm going to be myself fully, independent of what people might think and what people might say. Do you find that easy? I guess not no. if you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's a, it's a journey that a lot of us um, have to go through try to try to find out a little bit every day yeah and i, I do also admire uh, greta thunberg because i think yeah she's so young yet so focused. so inspiring yeah. it's incredible <laughs> yeah so you said that you have been thinking about the subject of bravery for a while is there something you were like really thinking i have to say this that i haven't asked you about Well, yeah. So I was thinking about bravery and I was thinking about fear and I was thinking about the fact that I am not sure if fear exists in the present, if it can exist in the present, because it's usually connected to thought and connected to either your past or your future. So either you have fear of something that has happened or you're afraid of something that might happen. Even in biological situations, if you're in a forest and you see a bear, you're going to be scared because you're going to think that bear might attack me, might kill me. And that'd be painful and that'd be not good. So the fear is still in the future. Mm -hmm. So is there such a thing as a fear in the present? That's my question. You're right. And I think, but yeah, because yeah, that, that fear of the bear attacking you is maybe the more real one right because it's yeah. the more what the more in the present one but it's also something mm -hmm. that is still in the future but i i do think yeah. that most of our fears are uh, yeah either from experience but i think mo most of them are we're afraid that something will happen if we do yeah a certain action maybe we'll lose a friendship May maybe we'll lose a job maybe we'll lose mm -hmm. i don't know so Our mind takes us directly to the worst possible possibility. I think it's a biological thing that happens because so to save human beings so that they don't do the things that are, that might lead to danger. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it just, it just goes straight <laughs> to the worst possible outcome. <laughs> And you just got to think, oh, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> And if it does, well. Maybe again, it's a uh, it's attempting to to create other thoughts as well. So the worst possible scenario may happen, but the best possible scenario may also happen. Maybe you'll exactly. befriend a bear and it will feed you honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you'll be best friends forever. <laughs> I'd love to be fed uh, by a bear some honey. <laughs> I do think that that particular scenario, it's very, very uncommon. So 
<laughs> no, yeah, don't, no, don't go straight not, towards the bear not, and say, I'm be not, my friend. I don't think, I don't think I'm going to be doing that, no. <laughs> Is there something you'd like to promote? Yeah, well, I'd like to promote my podcast. Oh, yes. Uh, it's called Perceptions Talks on Mental Health. So it's on Spotify and iTunes and all of that. So, yeah, go on and have a listen. I just... um. I interview people about mental health and it's people from all kinds of backgrounds. Do you interview, so from all kinds of backgrounds, so you interview like specialists, but you also interview people who aren't specialists yes. about their mental yes. health. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it draws the line between uh, creativity and mental health. So either people in the field of mental health or people who are creatives and how they deal with their mental health, you know, kind of trying to figure out how to be the happiest people that we can be basically <laughs> i think that's what we're all trying to work for yeah but it's very hard sometimes why mm -hmm. when we you can just <laughs> think of the best possible outcome and go for it yeah i'm going to take that one in the new year with me to the new year mm. with me yeah this episode is likely only to come out in march so by march i will have changed my perception of things completely you're gonna I be have a completely like three different months person. to reach it so yeah <laughs> the 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 list of the goals for the new year is going to be a long list <laughs> i also was thinking about food and and the uh, cultural bits of food and christmas mm -hmm. is arriving and that's i guess one of the big food family cultures bits of the year and again my mom we usually cook on the 24th together the whole morning mm. desserts sugar oh, that's so egg sweet. Uh, yeah that's so nice though, isn't it i i feel like that's christmas nice. it's it's also the time where i remember at uni one of my friends at uni used to every christmas put on like 10 kilos in the christmas break he'll then <laughs> yeah. lose it by moving and stuff but it it just it for the Christmas break and do nothing else. Yeah, it's um, it's what Christmas is all about, you know, being very comfortable, very cozy, warm, and eat a lot. Yeah, and that's what we surrounded by people you love. Thank you so much for being a guest at my podcast. Thank you, that was wonderful. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me at, at Marianne's Beats on Twitter and Instagram for all dowdy updates. As all podcasts will tell you, all rates and reviews will be super welcome. And do share the podcast with your friends or on your socials. Hashtag DowdyPod. I would also like to know your pics of people who, to you, are examples of bravery. Share them on your reviews or tweet them at me. Huge, huge thank you to Champagne for the podcast jingle and a bunch of other things that are on podcast related. If you've enjoyed listening to Dowdy, have some spare to give, and would like to support me and help me improve on my tech and skills, all tips are welcome through PayPal and Coffee on at Mariana's Beats. I've been Mariana Pejo. Until next week.